<laughs> Welcome to the podcast room. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So why don't you tell everyone your real name? Because it's not Swa. <laughs> well, Swa is my nickname. Um, my name is Swanelli Pollen. Okay. Um, so that's my full name. That's my government name. That's beautiful. So tell us what you do, because I know what you do, but they don't know what you do. Yes. So I am a financial advisor. Um, my focus is helping families build um, gener- multi-generational wealth. Um, and uh, really focusing on making money and bridging that gap. Um, It's not just about today, but it's about generations to come. Right. Um, So it's kind of crazy because you are my financial planner. Yes, I am. (laughs) Which has been an awesome experience. I highly recommend her. Um, And I think that one of the things that I love the most about you was that I just sat down and I was like, hey, I ain't got no coins, so what are we going to (laughs) do? And you were like, you're good. (laughs) Um, You know, you you told me it was okay to start small and you really put me at ease. And I love that. And I thank you so much for it because now I'm on a plan that's really like setting me up for the future. It's my pleasure. For the babies I don't have, but yes. hey, you know, but if, you know if they happen to come along, maybe I'll have a little something. something Absolutely. <laughs> and you're starting early and that's what matters. Right. And I think my other thing that I love about you is that you actually break it down. Yes. So I don't do math. I'm a lawyer. I refuse to do math. Right. So um, you were like, okay, so A... And then one plus one equals two. Are we good? And and it was really helpful. So then I started to really understand, you know, eventually I got to the point where I kind of understood what IRAs and Roth IRAs Right, 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 right. It can be a very, um, you know, foreign language for most people um, in the States. And we don't even want to get into diaspora. So, yeah, it can be challenging and intimidating. Um, Having a financial conversation, it can be... I mean, it is intimidating. Yeah, and it's, it's overwhelming. Personal. Yeah, yes. and super personal. And, Extremely you know, Haitians don't like personal. to do business with each other. Yeah, I don't know why, but I, but I was just like, no, I got to go find a Haitian who gets why I'm this way. Yes, <laughs> and, you know, it, I mean, there are people who have anxiety. Right. When it comes to, you know, when it yeah. comes to money. Yeah. Um, so over the past couple of years, I've kind of taken a different approach mm-hmm. to having this conversation. It allows me to serve my clients better as well as, continuing that wealth building mm-hmm. um, conversation. So you really have to go back right. and realize what is this person's relationship with the money? Right. Did they come from money? Right. Did it, I mean, did they inherit wealth from their right. parents? Because sometimes I think there's a misconception that if the person came from money, automatically they're a good money manager. Right. Right. Sometimes when you have kids who inherit wealth, they just got it. Right. They and they, don't, no, they may not even know what to do with right. it. Right. They have no idea what to do with it to make sure that it goes to the next generation. And sometimes when you're dealing with people who don't come from right. money. Right. They've never had $1,000. They don't know what it's like to have $10,000 in right. their bank account, you know, and so on and so forth. So they are holding on right. to this money right. instead of investing it and, and making it making it grow. grow. So um, it's... You know, we're talking about generational wealth, and I think that it's something in our community as Haitians, um, Haitian-Americans, that we don't really think about, right. right? Sometimes we amass all this money, and we're like, you know, it's just enough to take send the kids to college or buy the house or buy the car, and then we don't think, you know, what's going to happen if I pass away? And um, I, I'd love for you to talk about, maybe if you know, um, how other communities do it differently from us and what we can learn. Yes, absolutely. So... In the States, if you work for a company, I mean, most companies offer you 
um, you know, a retirement plan. Right. Back then, it used to be pensions. Pensions are like yeah. don't exist right. anymore. So most companies offers what's called a 401k, mm-hmm. right? Or 403 b 457, right. based on the company that you're working okay. with. It's just the norm. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is some things are just, it's just the norm, right? Right. The stock market is the norm. Get making sure you have life insurance is the norm. Certain things are just the norm, but right. us and the, you know, the minorities, African-American, Hispanics, American, Haitians, Jamaicans, wherever you're from, we, we don't really understand that concept, right. one, and two, we don't really trust, right. right? So at times, you know, if you're looking um, <clears throat> in other communities, they understand when they're offered a position at any company, they can negotiate. Yeah. They're bringing yeah. something to the table. We're hesitant to do that, right. especially as black women. Absolutely. Yeah. We don't negotiate our salaries. And what does that mean? By not negotiating your, negotiating your salaries, you are impacting generations yeah. to come. You're making less money. Mm-hmm. That means less money for you to save, less money, yeah. less money to invest in the market, less money for you to take care of your family, right. of your children. And nowadays we have an aging community who keep growing, they're getting older and they're not passing away in their 60s or 70s. No. They're passing away when they're over 100 years old. And at times, we're placed in positions where we have to take care of them. So other communities, they've been taught mm-hmm. you know, to really think about these things. And it has become the norm as breathing, right? Yeah. So, um, so in other communities, they think about these things. And at a young age, children are thought to think about it, to address it, to negotiate their salary, making sure that they have to put money in their 401k, not having to wait until they're 65 years old to do that. And that really propels them. It gives them an advantage over us, you know, the minorities or the communities who, um, you know, children of immigrants who we didn't grow up, our parents didn't grow up talking about IRAs and 401ks and the stock market or bonds and so on and so forth. We grew up thinking that we have to be involved in a sol. <laughs> right? That is the, yes. yeah, that's, that's our 401k. Yes. So we're going to join that sol yeah. and, and with this person, that person. Yeah. Hopefully you know, we get the last man or the yes. second to last man. Yeah, or the first one. <laughs> or the first one. Yeah, because we're building a house in Haiti. Right. And we need... <laughs> It's never you know, gonna be finished. That's right. <laughs> and the sol one way ticket, yep. you know, and so on and so forth. There are other options. Yeah. And our community, I mean, the American community, who are Jewish, right. you know, white Americans, they understand that Social Security is not a retirement plan. plan that right. can't be that your plan. Right. You cannot rely on the government. To take care of you yeah. when you're 65 year old. I mean, it's like, not even really that much. No, it isn't. Yeah. And it's based on, and when you're talking about immigrants, there's a lot of immigrants who are working yeah. in America who are not yeah. paying taxes. Yeah. Oh. Right? Girl, cash. I know it. You're like, you know, based on the job that they're making, they're, yeah. they're getting cash. Yeah. And what people don't think about is you're going to get, you will get to a point in your life where your brain might say you can work in the body, will say no. My friend, we're done. we're done. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. So then you have to think about what are you going to do to take care of yourself. So a lot of things are 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 done, they're doing a lot of things differently that we need to open our minds yeah. and accept and apply it mm-hmm. because it will allow us to not just build wealth for today, build wealth for tomorrow and for generations to come. So I, I, that's, that's my model and that's my focus. 
So I know that because I had the experience with you, I'm sure that you give people the same spiel every time, right? You tell them the same stories, you give them the same examples that you gave me, and I got it real quickly, because I was just like, girl, I believe in you, like whatever you say goes, <laughs> take my coins. Um, but then I'm sure that you speak to um, immigrant families, Haitian families, and they don't get it, right? And they're right. like, oh, okay, de ça, Marie ma and maybe they never come. So. Could you talk about maybe why you think um, you're not able to sometimes close those deals, whereas right. you have much success in right. a lot of these other communities? Because right. I know you do. <laughs> right. So I think, I mean, there is no lack of education. Right. You don't know what you don't know. Right. Right. So here I am meeting with someone who did not come from money. Right. They have this job. They're making money. And they spend it, they give back. Mm-hmm. And I think I'll, I'll get back to, we have a lot of uh, people who have other people on payroll. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about that okay. in a minute. Wait, that's fine, so, yes. So it's, it's the mindset. So I've taken a different approach. It's really getting to know the person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, recently I was discussing with my husband that I really need to get a PhD in psychology because that allows me to understand right. why right. this person sees money management that the way, way. That they, yeah. yeah the way that they do because and and that's the approach i've been taking right. it's really more having a conversation how were you raised right you getting know? to know the person so yes. that you can get at the base of right. what's causing what's right. your relationship with money yeah i've had people just burst into tears yeah i've had people say listen i have five businesses I'm not gonna worry about it i'm thinking yeah. to myself hmm Right. You have no idea the business that you have when you're ready to sell it if it's still going to be a viable business. Mm-hmm. So as you are running this business, you should be thinking about your 65-year-old self. Right. And not be selfish right. to your 35-year-old self today. Right. Think about your 65-year-old self. So you really have to get down and, and really think about this person and their relationship mm-hmm. with money and how has that impacted them over the years. You have people who were raised by entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and they understand, listen, I'm not just, I'm not always going to be in this business. So I right. need to figure out a way to diversify not just, you know, putting money in the bank where you're earning points, you are nothing, right? Right. You can't invest it in the market. Right. You can buy real estate. You can set up uh, an education fund for your children. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you have enough life insurance and so on and so forth so um yes really getting to know these people because at first to me i am so eager and i'm so passionate because i want to help them and i'm like oh my gosh i I really can help you and they're like listen i'm good or they don't decide to start today they wait 10 another you know i I, i've been in this business for about a decade but i've been in the financial world for 15 years um so I've had people who waited years and they're like, oh my gosh, so the biggest mistake I made was not starting with you at mm-hmm. that particular time. Yeah. So they've lost the opportunity. Yeah. Um, so it's really, I've taken a step back, really getting to know these people and see why they have such reluctance to move forward and just really get to know them. Yeah. And then if we have to make do baby steps, we do that, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, I think I, I am the baby stepper. Uh, I think everyone... <laughs> It's not I think at the beginning it's just a little bit it's different. From your money yeah, because you just people. don't know where it's going, right. and then like here it is in this like world that you don't really understand. Absolutely. So you're like, but, but what's happening? Right. So, you know, but I think that what you said is extremely important. You do have to start somewhere, and right. luckily for me, 
um, I found out about you early on, and I think I started just under 30 years old, so right. I'm hoping that, you know... It's perfect. At 35, I could kick it. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. That, you know, um, when I am ready to retire, you know, it will be, it, it'll be uh, great, I'm sure. Right. Um, but let's talk about the people that you got on payroll, because... Um, remittances are 20% of right. Haiti's GDP. Right. Um, and I totally, you know, I really advocate for people in, as an immigration attorney, I do advocate for people, you know, um, to be in the States and being able to help support the GDP here. Right. Um, and I and I care about it, but then I never looked at it from the perspective of what harm that's doing to a person on an individual level. Right. I do also see um, the the not so great side of remittances because then you have somebody who's just dependent on that versus being a little bit more, uh, I guess, innovative with how they're going to use that money and how they're going to create wealth for themselves. So please do talk to us about what having people on payroll means and the effect it has. Right. So in the States, um, and I find this regardless of who the immigrant is, whether mm-hmm. you're from Bangladesh, yeah, Haiti, Jamaica, whatever, Jamaica. Right. They, it's just a common theme. Mm-hmm. They have somebody on payroll. Mm-hmm. So when I first meet with a, a, a potential client, I will ask them, so who do we have on payroll? And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, who is this person? You know, mom, dad, cousin, uncle, yeah. this person who's your, who's claim that you're the godparent, yeah. you know, oh. that you're sending money to <laughs> yes. on a regular basis. Yes. And sometimes I see these people and they have no savings, mm-hmm. right? But it's like, oh my gosh, there's an emergency. There's always an emergency. Right. There will always, always be an emergency. Always textbooks that need to be purchased. Right. Yeah. There will always be an emergency. But what about your emergencies? Right. You have to think if indeed you have these people on payroll, you are the business. You are the vessel. You're the one who's working to generate that fund. If you don't have your sugar, honey, iced tea together, mm. right? You how know can what that you, <laughs> If you don't have your, <laughs> your stuff together, so how can you... How can you get right, right? Right. So, and and I understand for for some clients, I've sat down with them, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't need to be sending money to this right. person on such a regular basis." I'm like, "Listen, you send them X amount of money. Why don't you go over to help them set, set up a business?" Right. Right. Maybe when you go visit them, you don't even need to bring any cash. They can right. spot you because you're the investor. You understand right. what I'm saying? That makes a lot of sense. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Or if indeed this is someone that you can't, you cannot, you know, you must send them money, let's give them a budget. Right. What is the budget for this person? Right. Is it $100? Is it $50? Whatever the case may be, let's give them that budget. Once it ends, once it's over for that particular month, I mean, I'll say is. this, I, I kind of also have come to understand the guilt that they feel, right? Yes. You know, there's this guilt that I'm the sister who was able to make it out. Now I got to provide for everybody back home yes. or the situation was so dire when um, I was there. And I so I know what they're living. I can't let them continue to live that way. Right. And I totally understand that perspective and I respect it. I think it's a it's, you know, really great that you have that kind of heart. But I think we also need to start being creative right. about how we address that. Right. Yes, I totally get it. You don't want to leave your, your family in a bad situation. But in, instead of sending regularly, like you said, let's budget and let's create right. this business. And people have come to find out. I've had people tell me, actually, that, you know, Vanessa, would you believe that I've been sending money for books this all this time and it was never buying books? Girl. 
get me started and it's so unfortunate because here you have this person who's like you know immigrants aren't working always these these great jobs right right. because when you first get there you don't know the language you have a very limited amount of work that's accessible to you and so they're working jobs where maybe they're only making 400 a month sending 100 back home having to pay excessive rent for a little bed in a house in a a room in a house you know, sleeping um, on the to floor. sleep in, you're buying your own food, all of that stuff. I kind of see them pretty much put themselves into debt for somebody back home when they don't have anything here. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you say it, but you also get the right. feel. And so I, I could see where that's tough, but I, I also feel like it's something um, people need to know as children. Right. Right. We need to really put it in, in their heads as kids. Like, this is how you save money. Because oh, yes. I know that when I was a kid, uh, maybe around fourth or fifth grade, we had a bank actually come to my school mm-hmm. and um, t- give us like uh, savings accounts. Right. And we had checkbooks. And I remember graduating from, uh, no, not graduating, well, getting promoted from like eighth grade. And so from fourth or fifth grade to eighth grade, like I had amassed, you know, some money. And I was just like, I'm rich. Right. Oh my God, I am so rich. Because at the time, like You're whatever kidding. those yes. twenty five cents a day or a week or whatever it was that I was depositing, like kind of it, it stacked up. And then whenever I had my, I was excited to go put money in the bank. Right. You know. Um. So I think that we need to start teaching our kids young. Um. So you who just got you know, married. That's my passion. You just got married. Yes. In a beautiful wedding. I died. I was. I was in. I was in these pictures on Facebook. Like what? I've never seen this. This is a dream. So. Maybe going to start a family soon. Yes. What's that going to look like in terms of financial so, well-being? I absolutely love educating children. So mm-hmm. let's go back to talk about the partnership, right? right? When you're getting married. I think the money conversation, you need to have it up right up front. Okay. It's some, for some people, it's uncomfortable. I knew. I mean, it's awkward to be like, what you got in the bank? Right. What's your financial what statements do you have? look like? That's crazy. You know, I guess <laughs> me as a financial advisor. Right. It was one of our first conversations. Okay. Like, here's where I stand. Here's where I am. Um, and where do you stand? Right. <laughs> <laughs> My aunt had told me once, you have to ask him for his financial statements. And yes, I was like, you do. I was like, I see. And you have to have that conversation. <laughs> and at times, I've met women who are like, well, my husband handles everything. I said, that's great. Mm-hmm. My darling, if that man passes away or something happened, right? What are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Right. So you want to be part of that conversation. So if you are you know, in a relationship as a couple and you're thinking about moving in that direction, it could be you know, not being married or we're living together, we're sharing rent. There's got to be some conversation about finances. Not just how we're going to pay the rent, but... Are we going to be building some wealth together right. here? Right. You know what I mean? I'm not going to just going to be working and I'm the one who's putting money in the full 1K. Right. And you're I got just to, out here balling. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. Right. You know, right. what's going on? Right. So you need to have that conversation. But most importantly, how do we grow our money? Right. You work to make that money. The money needs to be working over time. Right. Right? For some people, it's in a business. For some people, it's in the market. Some people, it's through lending. Whatever the case may be, the cash needs to be doing something. So I would advise families and some people to think that they're experts. Mm -hmm. Listen, 
when something's wrong with me, I go to the doctor. Right. I have no problem showing up, saying, listen. And, I, and when I show up, I have a book and I take <laughs> notes. I do because right. I like to understand what right. the doctor is saying. Right. You know, and I tell him, I don't mean, I'm not trying to undermine you or anything, but I right. know that you're an expert. I just like to understand and write right. things down. The same thing. It's okay to go see a financial professional. You should do that. Yeah. Right? I've been meaning to come actually see you, so I'm so glad you're here because, girl, I got questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to go see a right. financial professional. You should have a financial professional. Yes. You have a doctor. You need a financial mm-hmm. professional, mm-hmm. right? So my clients, the minute they make that phone call to the doctor, I'm the next person in line right. because we need to talk about that money for whatever their needs right. are. So, yes, as a couple, go see a financial professional, Together. right? If you have mm-hmm. to tell him, listen, I'm, I've had people walk in there like Sonelli. We're being very, very vulnerable right now. Like this is yeah. us. You're about to see us naked. Yeah. And I'm like, girl, like yeah. I've seen it all. Right. So it's, you know what I mean? They're really open. Yes. Yeah. Open yourself up. Start with the person. Say, yeah. hey, here's our situation. Here's what we want to be. Right. What can we do? What should we do? Right. right. So definitely as a couple, go see a financial professional and have that conversation. Most importantly, um, one thing that I notice a lot in the Haitian community, we don't, we kind of, people talk about life insurance. I've heard people go online and talk mm-hmm. I mean, on, on radio shows and so on, but we're not comfortable with it. Yeah. Majority of the wealth mm-hmm. that is acquired, built, passed on. Mm-hmm. In the states, mm-hmm. through life insurance, girl. I heard that the other day. I heard this is what I learned the other day that there are communities where the younger person is taking a life insurance policy out on the elders of the community, yes. of, the, of the family or whatever. Yes. They're paying those premiums yes. every month. And then when that person passes, not only does it cover the funeral costs or whatever, right. but that is how they've they've like now come into some money, right? And we don't do that. And you know, it's all always this thing about I've heard it all. And it is so selfish. Mm-hmm. When you really think about our, you know, grandparents, you know, we from Botabima. Right. Yes, girl. Oh. <laughs> so when you think about all great grandparents, right. you know, they probably left our parents uh te, yeah. Beth, Cabri, yeah. whatever the case may be, on chambre, cafe, yeah. and so on. That was their way of building wealth. Right. Just imagine if they thought, wait a minute, in addition to that, there's a, take a policy out. Yeah. When I passed away, I can leave some money yeah. for my eight kids. Yeah. They would do it. My grandma passed away without even telling them where my uncles and my father where the land was yeah so like they know where their land and you know other places are but there's like one plot of land like in the city that right. they don't know about right. and she was like i'll tell you before i die and then she passes away well then no homegirl passes away and nobody ever knew no one knows you know because it was it was unexpected right. you know and on top of that then you have the issue of like no will and now, obviously, the banks are just going to be like, oh, well, sucks right. for you, sucks to suck. Right, right. You know? um, so it's really crazy how we have such a fear of death, and that causes us to not plan. actually plan. Yeah. Not plan. So not planning is, it's, it's hurting us. Right, right. Right, as a community, the Haitian community has been 
in the States long enough mm -hmm. where certain conversations we should be able to have. Yes. And we shouldn't be thinking about, I know there are some people they're thinking about today because mm -hmm. they're trying to make ends meet. Right. But I know a lot of people who work at Publix and they're bagging, they've been bagging for mm -hmm. years mm -hmm. and they have a good amount of money in that mm -hmm. Publix stocks. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Talk about and it. go to sleep on these people. Trust me. Yeah. Believe me. Oh, yeah. So, again, lack of understanding. Someone like that who's working at Publix, they have all this wealth, if you, the, their retirement 401k. And I'm just using Publix as, as an example. You have yeah. other places as well. Because we you also have, have a little beef with Publix. <laughs> so, <laughs> we, we, you know, so, you know, they have 401ks right. and so on and so forth. And for these people, when they're retired, they're, they're like, okay, now that I've retired, yeah. they take this money out mm -hmm. they pay a 20% penalty yeah. again lack of knowledge right, right? so it's money lost yeah gone they're never gonna get yeah. it back right they could have rolled it over so again knowledge don't be afraid of it yeah. don't be afraid of it sit down and talk to somebody make sure that you you know you can mesh well right. this is somebody that I I can trust this is somebody right. that I like somebody that I can call and ask a question and not feel like they're going to make me feel stupid. Right. Right. So, and then be vulnerable. Yeah. Build that generational wealth. Don't right. just think about today. Think about tomorrow and for the generations to come. Let me talk about the kids. Now, I love talking to children right. about money. It gets me so excited. Yes. So, reason why um, I started working in the States at a very young age because I've always wanted financial independence. So since the age of 13, I kept asking my dad, I'm like, Papi, I need you to take me somewhere so I can get a job. And he would entertain me by taking me around <laughs> McDonald's and they're like, oh my gosh, you're too young. And I'm like, okay. And they go, so I was, I think I got my first job at the age of 14, which is that fully legal, but yeah. I was close to 15. Right. And I started working in the kitchen and dietary. I was so excited. My shift would start at six o'clock. I would get there by five, five, five fifteen. Yeah. Like you know. So that was me at Party City. Now yes. you can't get me to get to work on time. <laughs> if my boss is watching, my bad. My bad. I try. I really try, but yeah. so, um, so I started at a really young age because I wanted financial freedom. I wanted to make my own money. Yeah. So I got my little job. I started working. And then my dad was so supportive of that, you know? And I remember my very first check was $36.12. Money. Yes. Money. So yes. I'm like, I'm rich. <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm rich. Um, so my dad took the check and um, he gave me, he didn't give me $36. He said, I'm going to keep it for you. And I got to pay another check. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to keep it for you. So one day I'm like, Papi, I understand. I'm yeah. making money. No, I'm not no money coming money, this yeah. way. So I Can't wrote an IOU, yeah. right? And I'm like, I need you to sign right here. You know, Jean-Dil Ripollet, O'Swanelli. And Tali's like, okay, fine problem. He signed it. So one day, he took me and my sister, my sister Valerie, shout out, I love you, um, to the bank, to Great Western Bank at the time, which mm -hmm. is now Chase, and we opened a savings account. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, now that I have a savings account, I only want it to go up. Right. So... At the time, um, my dad is, he's always been so progressive and open to new ideas. Someone talked to him about um, investing, mm -hmm. right? He had a broker at uh, Bank of America, I think, at the time, but someone had told him about 
investing another way. Mm -hmm. So he had the person come to the house. Uh, the person did his whole life insurance planning and the guy told him, hey, listen, you should start investing in some mutual funds. And then he's like, oh, can my daughter do it? And the person's like, yeah. So, so my dad, the best that he could, told me, hey, you can invest $25 a month. I'm like, all right. Right here, $25, you know, go mm -hmm. ahead and sign right here. That $25 right. will be taken out of the savings account that I'm trying to grow. Right. So we did the investment for years, right? I forgot about it. For years, money's been taking out months after months after months. It wasn't until I was in college. I called my dad. I said, Papi, listen, what's up with that money? Right. It's been <laughs> like 20. He's like, I really forgot about it yeah. because I was a child at the time. And you know when you're a college student, you broke. Yeah, all the time. You, you got two pennies to rub together, all right? All the time. So when Sick I called. Sick of ramen noodles. Right. <laughs> and I needed like, I'm like, listen, I need me some some books. And he, when we called together, because I was a minor when it was originally open, you know, there was a couple of thousand dollars in that account, oh, nice. right? That was invested for yeah. years. Yeah. So that's how I was introduced to investing. And I don't even think my dad really understood how that was going to impact right. my life. So if you have children and people have like through the, these, la you know, lavish birthday parties, I'm not saying for you not to do that. Right. My sister did that for my niece <laughs> who turned one year old last year. I love my Bri Bri. Shout out to my cousins, Zina Galab events. Yes. <laughs> who throw so, beautiful parties. <laughs> yes. So um, she threw this party for Bri. And, um, you know, I, I always say, in addition to throwing that party, let these people know they can mm -hmm. write a check yeah. instead of buying you that you know, that gift yeah. that the kids is not going to use for $20, right. $30, $40. They pay Write a check, right? <laughs> and buy that kid a Disney yeah. stock. Wow. Buy that That's kid. amazing. You understand? Yes. Buy that kid a stock. Imagine you buy it today. Right. And then in 18 years, it will change their lives. Oh, it's true. Volatility exists when it comes to the market, right? But if you're talking about a child who has 10, 15, 18, 20 years, right. I promise you, and as financial advisors, we're not supposed to guarantee anything because we can't control the right, market, right. but I can guarantee you right. this child will have more than what you originally invested for them. Oh, so man. I am really big on that. Support these kids, invest on their behalf, and tell them, teach them about right. This is why we're doing this. Right. Yes. This yes. is why we're doing this, and this is how it's going to impact your life. Right. And yes, let's build this generational yes. wealth. It's not just today. It's for generations yes. to come. Oh, this was amazing. And we should do this more often. We actually. should. Yes. Thank you so much for stopping by the thank podcast you. room. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for, for having me. It's a pleasure. Yes. Great. Great. All right. Thank you. Thank you.